All right. Let's go. Interview season is back. And G43 is back. Our most reoccurring guest. He is a global hoopster, the smucker smack talker, the OBL extraordinaire, the checkup star, the YouTube sensation. He's back for another interview on the Mickey Zizzy podcast, our part, part, our proud partner of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, Grant Anderson, welcome back. Hey, uh, third time. I, I didn't realize that until you mentioned it, but pretty impressive. We got on here three times. You're Shows the growth on- of both platforms. Of course, and that's what we're doing here. And I mean, your views have been going up and up. It's awesome. I mean, you're doing everything. Um, so, like, tell us the latest about G for three. Well, the latest is actually a sad story. Um, I'm injured. <laughs> I saw that today, and I'm like, dang, I'm really going to interview this man. Like, <laughs> it's it's honestly perfect timing. I um, the story is really cool, so I will share that with you. Sweet. Um, I have found myself in a really cool um environment here in chicago where i'm getting invited to a lot of the really good open runs nba players pro players very active guys so i've found my way in there and it's uh jabari parker is one of the main players in that run so i've I've played against and around jabari a couple times so like we're we're tight like he'll hit me up to come play he doesn't always do it directly but um he has a couple guys to help organize his runs or his open set so i went in and being a taller guy i usually have to guard him and today we were having a good day and his team had lost a couple games and he just needed to go get a basket, which he does with ease with us regular guys. And he went hard to the rim and I like to put like a hand out on defense and it kind of got caught against his chest and got caught and like sent all the way backwards. And that's a large man. And uh, he moved my finger like it was a, you know, a French fry. And uh, now I have a sprained thumb. So Got injured, out a couple weeks, back into it probably in July, but cool story, nonetheless. So you got hurt from Jabari Parker. Yeah, an NBA player <laughs> essentially broke my thumb, but no no one else can break it. Just NBA quality players can break my thumb. It just never happened before. That's a nice stat. I love it. Uh, that's actually a crazy story. Thanks for sharing it. Uh, shooting hand? No, left hand, hey. thankfully. That's good. I mean – but. Look at the glass. The, the crazy thing was I actually sprained this thumb too on Sunday trying to sit on a foam roller. So I don't know if that's an age thing or just a weird, <laughs> a weird, uh, my body telling me to take a break. Let's call it that. There you go. You said it's a sprain, thumb broke, but a little nice time for you to reflect, kind of rest, kind of look at it, figure out the next things for G for three, for the YouTube channel. But also, it's a great story, too. Like, yeah, my thumb was broken because of Jabari Parker. Like, that's a cool story you want to go tell people. Not that you thought It definitely is. <laughs> I try to be, like, nice about it because I don't want to, like, like put any, like, blame. It was complete just accident. But it definitely was due to his uh, very strong uh, pectoral muscles, I guess. From a big dude is what you're telling me. He just six eight, highly athletic, freak athlete. Every bit as good as advertised. You know, and a real quick side story. It's funny because a lot of people's like, "Oh, I can beat the scrub of the NBA," but like any of those NBA scrub. players, there's a yeah, there's a reason why. Yeah, I know. The and they'll go run up any court and they'll drop forty. I saw the Trey Young. Like people are talking trash to Trey Young in a video. Oh my god! Like, why would you poke the bear? Like that's uh, we had Taylor Horton Tucker in the open gym with with us one time too. And remember what? the the Lakers going, "Oh, Taylor, he sucks. Trade him, draft capital." 
I was watching him. He was on my team. So I, he gave me a couple of passes, but then we kind of just said, here, let me set you a screen and get out the way. <laughs> and and Talon is a freak. His jumper's looking good. He's got like a six nine wingspan. Like it, it gave me an idea of what it was like having to guard these NBA players. It's just impossible. When they want to go, you just you can just hope they miss. And I mean Horton Tucker, like I remember talking about him on the podcast. Like you got to get rid of him. Like yeah. no, you keep him. He's a role player. And like yeah, he was at Iowa State. You know, he's yeah. a, he's a freak. Horton Tucker's a freak. Parker's a freak. Same high school. You know, there's so many good guys that maybe aren't like the first people you think of, but they humble you quickly as being how good you have to be a professional basketball player. So I've been honored to play with a handful of these guys around here. I just love like, Hey, you know what? You go cook. I'm going to pass screen. Like that's how I play. Like I'm a facilitator. I'm going to play. Great that's right. Muscle. Like let the, the guys like yourself go off and get it. Um, that's awesome. I mean, you're playing with NBA caliber players. I mean, you're playing in all these leagues and whatnot. I know that one Chicago rec league just posted a video, I think today or yesterday, but like the one team was talking trash right before the game and like, uh, like calling you out and whatnot. So how has that YouTube process been? What? Two years now? It's about two years. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us just like lately kind of the more with the YouTube channel. Well, I'd say the YouTube channel has come along pretty well. Um, it's really hard to get growth on YouTube for whatever reason. You have to either go viral or have to kind of get put on by a larger platform. So it's humbled me just to like consistently working on it, not spending too much time. Today, after two years, I finally made like um, a calendar on like my five days of whatever, the work week. I'm going to write down what I'll do for work and what I'll do social media wise because I have, you know, YouTube, TikTok. I even have Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Um and Instagram. So I made a schedule that I'm going to try to follow on when to post. So it's not just so hectic because <laughs> at the end of the day, if you ask me how it's going, I'd say it's hectic because there's a lot to keep up with. And uh, I have a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's funny you say that is because you do want to be consistent. That's our uh, motto here on the Make It podcast for season four while we're in our fourth season is consistency is key, right? We're trying to stay consistent, right? So that people really want to see, oh, I know on Monday nights it drops. Or like, you know, if you're every other day, you know, or three days a week, like, oh, I know a G for three video is going to come out. But it is hard. Like when you're the solo dolo, like these bigger companies, they got those dude who get paid the big bucks to make those videos, right? All right, my mm -hmm. day of work is, all right, what did Jabari Parker send me today? All right, I got to make this video, right? But when you're trying to make right. it yourself and myself, like, you got to do all the recording. You got to do all the scheduling. You got to do all the editing. Dude, that takes it's a lot a of time. For, yeah, for being a, a part-time gig, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's not your Totally. Part so I totally relate to that. Um, The hectic, the, like, trying to get everything. But hopefully that schedule does uh work well for you. Yeah, you know, and, like, hopefully with having a little break, I can – <laughs> kind of unplugged for a little bit and this is me like you know week two now doing this and i may have shot a basketball saturday too and it's like you know i say i'm gonna take a break but it, it's hard to do so so starting now i'm taking a break yeah uh that's just the athlete i think i share some of those same uh things is they say oh take a break right i had all these surgeries and it's like i can't take a break there's no way i can i want to get what better. i do and that's what you you get a ball in your hand you're like oh, snap, i gotta shoot this right can't leave the gym without a uh, make, you know what I'm saying? So I totally get that. Um, You kind of already went into the next questions for that. We already went about it, but like the whole YouTube, the hardest part has the hardest part of the channel been the consistency part 
or trying to the growth of the channel? I'd say it's the consistency and the direction. I have branched off to so many different directions now that I'm trying to consolidate what my um, image is, where I think a lot of it is live gameplay. I think that's a big part of it, um, whether that was five on five or one on one. I might even be getting some three on three in August. So tr- live gameplay, um, kind of attract a comedy with the, the frat boy team. That I one's love always going to have. <laughs> I think that might be the best thing I have, to be honest. Like the frat boy is probably the most fun. And then narrating that. And then um, aside that, the tutorials. I'm trying to get more into the, the tutorial coaching part of it. I've thought about setting up like a, like a shooting camp. Okay. Doing that like for kids and trying to consolidate that and whatever an online platform looks like for that. Personally, I think there's a lot of online things on YouTube you can just look up. So the the face value of it, I'd love to do a shooting camp one or two this year. Um, yeah. So I'd say the consolidating of it is hard. And that's hopefully my next goal is to consolidate and just stay in shape in the meantime. Gotcha. I know the big thing was a year ago was the OBL, which are they going to have another OBL season, another tournament like they did uh, with Tracy McGrady? I'd assume so at some point. There hasn't been a lot of direction on when that's going to be. Um, and I'd say the reason for that is because it was so popular and yeah. so well-funded, well-produced last year. Uh, the rumors that a Showtime documentary is coming out on it sometime this summer. Someone from the grapevine told me July, so we'll see if that Are comes you out be or not. In it? Like, you got to be. You were there. Yeah, I would be, like, probably one of the five most featured guys. Dude, that's sweet. A showtime. But... So we'll have to see if that comes out in the timeline, they say. But uh, I think they're just waiting. You know, they have a lot of things in the queue with the OBL. And because it did cost a lot of money and there was a lot of uh, investment put into it, they're probably biding their time on season two because, you know, there's never a lack of basketball players. Yeah. And I think that also the big thing with that is trying to find that direction again. It's like, all right, this this was kind of a success, but how can we make more money, right? How can this investment exactly. – I know Tracy McGrady probably doesn't want to make like a ton of money off this. He wants to see ballers go ball. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you don't want to be just throwing all your money away to go watch these people. So I kind of get that. Exactly. Understanding. That's the challenge with really any sport, whether it's rec, youth, pro – is how much money do you spend on it? And I struggle with that sometimes too, where there's a lot of like, you know, money tournaments, corporate events, um, contests. And it's like, how much money am I going to put down to do this without any return? Where the return is whatever, it's the video or it's just the experience for me. It's like, I've kind of just been more selective. Like, okay, these are my two. I have two things this summer that I'm investing time and money into and then I'm chilling on the rest. Yeah, and... It is just so hard because, like, when you're not constantly bringing in those funds from it, right. it is hard to figure out where to go and whatnot. And, like, that shooting mm-hmm. game could be, you know, a way to do it. Maybe it's five bucks. Maybe it's for free just to get your name out there. I mean, there's a hundred, you right. know, a thousand ways to skin the cat. So totally, the, the big thing is is just trying to figure out how or what or, all right, those are those two big things. Let's put that money and let's go get after it. So I I hear you on that. Yeah, that's definitely the challenge. So, uh, to be determined. Good question. Gotcha. Uh, so to be determined. Love to hear it. I do see is that. Is that the merch shirt you got on right there? It is, but believe it or not, this is probably never going to get released. I redid my whole plan on that. So if you haven't received that yet. That's why. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just dealing with a more simple design. I'm going to go stick with cotton. The dry fit one was honestly not very durable. So for me. 
I'm not a cash cow. I'm not looking to just exploit dollars. <laughs> I want value. I want real people to like go, oh, this is nice. Or I would rock this. Or I'd get this for a friend. Not, oh, he just tried to make some money off it. So that's the difference between me and maybe some of the other guys that are looking for this to pay bills. Yeah, you kind of want, yeah, for that shirt to rock it. I know I'll be the first in line when you do have the big merch drop. Absolutely well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is the thing, too. Like, here on the podcast, myself and Yank, we've really tried. Like, do we want to go that route? And, like, all right, we got to be more consistent. We got to get more of that following, right? And we've already been stating here on this interview, like, it's dang hard to get that, like, however much you want to promote and whatnot. And mm-hmm. you do just sometimes have to get lucky and watch the videos, especially those totally. uh, the shorts are what really get a lot of views. And that's kind of what agreed. Uh, a little bit heavy and there's so many people doing it uh, even in, in my lane now there's a lot of people doing youtube-based basketball so i've really just tried to stay local because what do i have that other people don't is i live in chicago and there's not really anyone in chicago doing this gotcha that's what i'm saying this is the clip that you take out i was first in chicago no one else has come here everyone's copying me all of a sudden everyone's making basketball reels which is dope it's great basketball content and Anything aside, like mixtapes, which everyone always made mixtapes, but no one was making content before me, so I'm the originator here in Chicago. Boom, Boom. the originator. We're cutting it. We're gonna put it out there. Heck Tag yeah. me. <laughs> Tag me. Drop. <laughs> I'm the originator here. The originator of Chicago YouTube basketball. You heard it here first. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, speaking of those videos, what is one of your best videos you thought like got the most views? What was the most successful one? Uh, so maybe people can go back and look at it. So I have two, and they're both very different dynamics. Um, I started reposting some old ones just because was, I was so brand new when yeah. I put them out. So my best video ever is still my day one OBL video where I, I put like, you know, like no one thought I'd win a game, and then I did this, something like that. Yeah. So that one's my best video. And my second best video was I took like this like all-star team to LA Fitness, which I never played LA Fitness, but that was just where I was able to get guys in for free. Um, and we played some guy that just was so razzled by cameras and attention that like, he tried to like fight every player in the gym, like, I like righteously, that. I think he had a reason to have something bad happen to him, but of course we didn't do anything, but it was like so ridiculous that it was like, you almost had to watch it to believe it. So I'd say <laughs> those are my two most interesting videos. And one is like corporate type of basketball that I'm trying to promote. And the other thing is something I never would promote typically, but it was so crazy I had to post it. That is. And I think we – I remember us talking about it in one of the interviews. Like, oh, guy tries to fight during basketball game, but, like, that's that's easy clickbait. That's easy ways people are going to go. Right. It. it was really true, though. Like, that was – it was like – and it wasn't clickbait like most of them are. Yeah. It's them just scuffling, get in front of each other, and then walking away, but yours. Right. Uh, no, it's funny. It's just, I, I remember watching those videos, and I loved watching the OBL experience of what you did go through. Those are some of my favorites um, as well. I think it's on one of the clips. It's like you pump fake. The guy flies right past you. You just shoot the three, and it was like splash from the corner. It was awesome. Uh, but going into the best video, what is the hardest competition? I mean, you, you said you went against NBA guys, so that might take the crown here for this question. It but, might. I'm, I guess you could say on camera. Yeah, on camera. That. Who? Yeah, who is the camera. hardest competition? I guess, you know, that game in Vegas that I played in was the hardest. It wasn't the hardest player, but the, the atmosphere was the hardest. You know, the guy I was playing against was a veteran. He had been around one-on-one for probably 20 years. Uh, he played with Kevin Durant at Rucker Park when he scored like 60 points. Like he was on that team. He didn't you know hardly to shoot the ball, but he was out there with, with KD. 
So he, he was kind of a street ball legend, but he just knew one-on-one and it wasn't really him. It was that I'm in a full arena in Vegas, thousand people or so courtside watching and as loud as it was, it was quiet. So like I could hear everything courtside. I had one person yelling here, you know, a big giant drone camera flying around above my head. You know, you can talk about Mount Vernon and Cornell College where we maybe would have 15 fans in the stands sometimes. And here I am in an arena that the G League Ignite plays in, playing one-on-one with all the lights on, all the cameras. And it was just a different experience for me. Like, we weren't trained for that kind of stuff as much as like I was ready to roll and I played and I, I did well. Um, it, that was the hardest game because, like, immediately I was exhausted. I think just the – the lead up, the pressure, the attention that like it kind of takes the air out of you a little bit. And there wasn't time to catch my second win because I only had one guaranteed game. So I'd say that was the hardest game. But now that I've done that once, like I'm so excited to get another chance to play there and anywhere else where I can do a kind of a live action one on one because I know what to expect now. But that was definitely the hardest one, the Vegas game. It's funny that you say that is because. So, so many people are to go judge. Wow, this person cracked under pressure. Like, first of all, I just watched the PGA of the Open. Like, how nerve-wracking would it be? Everyone's eyes are on you, and, like, you're swinging a golf club. Like, that is a lot of pressure. TV's on you. Mm-hmm. You talk about – and then one-on-one, right? First of all, you're the only person. Like, when you're in the NBA, like, you can kind of slack off. Everyone's not watching you unless you're one of the right. top dogs, right? So you can take plays off. But at one-on-one, you're constantly working. You're constantly moving. It is tiring. I mean, I play one-on-one uh, a lot of the times too. And it, it's tiring. And now mm-hmm. you added the pressure that everyone's watching you. Money's on the line. You're going to sit everyone's in a big watching. chair. Every every single person is watching exactly what's going on. So like, yeah, you, you got 250,000 on the line. <laughs> like, come I, on, man. This, this is like, a, this is a true fairy tale because it's like, who would have ever thought someone that a school like ours, is playing for this type of money against guys like this that have been around this type of big environment. It's, it's, I was definitely the biggest outlier there. Yeah. It, your biggest game was co versus Cornell where we TP the court, you know, right. uh, to the first basket. <laughs> that was the biggest crowd. Everyone got crazy. Like you said, 15 fans. I was the one in the front row hyping it all up, watching you go off, watching Cord, Corey Davis go dunk the basketball, right? Like we had what, maybe 300, fans maybe that might be like the max out but like and then you compare right. it to this huge stage and you talked about the guy you did lose to he played with kd at Rucker park like that alone he's, like, he's been know. around he's been yeah. around and you know that's crazy and didn't that guy go get second in that tournament you know he actually beat me by a basket i lost six to five by the time limit then he went on and upset the number one guy from New York, who was 10 and 0 going into it. So he upset him and then lost to my other Chicago guy, uh, like nine to three. So, like, he kind of ran out of gas, but he, he pulled off two, I guess you can call them upsets. You know, well, I mean, without a doubt, I think, the guy I was think he wasn't favored in either game. No, and like, you had the height on him as well. And then he goes, upsets right. the number one. Like, dude was legit. And that's one of those things, like, yeah. ah, you know, we lost, but. We lost to a guy who, you know, went on to go upset. That's a good, you know, he's an older guy. He's been around for a long time. He's not, it's like 6'2", not super assuming, but he understands the game. He won Magic Johnson's first one-on-one on MTV. Wow. It, it was like fight ball or something. Like they were beating the hell out of each other. But uh, he won that too. He won like $100,000 in that. So it kind of put him on. 
So it was in a way it was cool because like it was kind of like old school versus new school. Ah. So I think in like five, six years from now, we'll look back and be like, it's cool that they played each other then because, you know, hopefully I'm in a situation where I'm better than I am right now. Yeah, and I really hope so. I mean, we'll be following that if it ever does happen. Obviously, that's a big goal. And now you're talking about goals for your basketball career. And yeah, new school to old school. But is are you going to solely stay on the YouTube, go to the one-on-ones, run it up? Are you going to try to G League? You know, are you going to try to do like walk-ons there? I don't know. Yeah, that's the second time I've had that, that question this oh, week. Snap. So it kind of, I was on, I was fortunate enough on top of, of course, this is my priority podcast. I was on the radio station here in Chicago, an AM sports station, Friday night AM sports. You know, you wouldn't think it's a good time to listen, to, but actually was. They had a ton of listeners. You can imagine like truckers, people driving home from yeah. weekend trips. And WVON, it was an AM radio station. And one of my buddies here is like the mixer man there. So I got on there and that's the first thing they're asking. What about overseas? <laughs> what about um, G League? And I told them, well, I did try out for the Windy City Bulls in 2018 when I was fresh out of college and in shape and played pretty well, but didn't make it. And they're like, well, why don't you do that now? And my question was, it's not that I wouldn't do it was what is the different motivator to do it then than now, unless someone's approaching me with an opportunity to learn more or really get in there. I feel like I'd just be in the same boat as I was then with a little more credentials now, but really not much difference. So I'm not sure if that's like the correct way for me to pursue professional basketball. I feel like uh, I would look into it if the right offer came to me. And generally, if you're good enough, they say they'll find you. So I feel like if I didn't go all in on the social media stuff like this, um, I wouldn't have had the visible basketball success um, because, you know, I did pursue a professional career and it just didn't happen for me, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, awesome that you shouted out that radio station. That's super cool. I always love listening to those things and what people post about this and that. So I'll have to go check that out and give that a listen. Uh, I'll make sure I get all the details. We'll uh, give them the whole headline down there. Uh, but that's really cool. And that does take a lot of realization to be like, the pros might happen. Like if they come to me with a great offer, I'm not going to say no, but you're not set out pursuing it. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to work on the social media, to grow your basketball, to become the best basketball player you possibly can and go win mm -hmm. games and be a big time baller. Right. Um, so I, I really like that. And that's like, that's humbling as can be, dude. That's crazy. Like we, we talk about with the type of person that you are and type of baller that you are, that answers it right there. Uh, which is super awesome. Uh, but it's crazy, um, and it does make sense trying to, you know, you, what what is the difference? Yeah, you have the credentials now, but you're still going to go out, and if I do make it, if I don't, then we're back in this. Be a minnow in the pond, and it's like, you know, why do I – oh, yeah, you guys are telling me I should go now. And, like, in a way, I'm like, for what? You know, like, it's – I thought I was good enough back then. Was I? Maybe, maybe not. But the same level I watched – I watched a couple of G League games this year, and I watched – um some like overseas ball. And I'm like, there's a rotational player at minimum. God, I'd be a great 12th man. <laughs> great. I, now that Phoenix is out of all that cap money, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Now that's the one I'm going to. I'm don't, don't talk about the G league talking about the Suns Cause the Suns essentially I was saw some YouTuber said that they got a higher plumber <laughs> roster full of plumbers because that cap hits so high that they don't have any money left. So 
You know, I told him I'll take a measly 500000 It's less than the veteran minimum. And uh, you have a rotational wing that won't dribble the ball, will play defense, and just shoot threes. I mean, in all grand schemes of things, too, that's exactly what the Suns need. I mean, I love this transition. Let's, let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. I'm available <laughs> for Phoenix. I don't remember what their new GM's name is. And I will take this? a very, very low contract. Okay, so we're getting G for three into the yep. Phoenix Suns arena and giving him a jersey, and he will sign for below the vet minimum. I yep. mean, come on now. I'll, I'll take a very low contract. I'll even fly myself out there for the workout. <laughs> he said, I'll fly myself. I'll drive Put myself. Put it out there. I'll do it. <laughs> Boom. This That's the period. one. That's that... the one. Okay, now now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> and But, like, that's the thing, too, is if you are the Phoenix Suns, you're in trouble a little bit. Yeah, you got your big three, your big four with DeAndre Ayton. If you want to consider him a superstar, a lot of people don't. I love him because he's more of an old-fashioned center. But what are they going to do with, you know, they I mean, they still got Cameron Payne, which will be nice. But at the same time, your buddy's right from uh, the other YouTube or whatever. They're going to be hiring plumbers. Like, who are they going to have? <laughs> like, are you going to go get, I don't even know, the vets that don't even have a job right now in the NBA. You know, I go pick up Jeremy Lin, right? Are they going to go get Dylan Brooks? I know Dylan Brooks. Is I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is going to command more than $800,000, I hope. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's the thing, too, with him. That's a whole nother uh, I think it would be interesting, though, to see if uh, if they would just go all in on just, like, finding cheap talent. And if it ended up being, like like, those guys from Miami that just had those breakout seasons. They were probably minimum players at one point. So, oh, doubt. you know, maybe this is a way to, to pull in some guys that the NBA gave up on, like go get Dwight Howard. You know, why wouldn't you? And he's been chirping at it. He wants another shot at it. And, yeah. I mean, Dwight Howard wasn't so. bad when he played for the Lakers. No, none of these guys were. It's The NBA is a weird place. And uh, for my conversations with guys here is they say the same thing. It's like it's a business, and uh, it's a business that is very opinionated. Dude, I mean, I'm actually loving this NBA talk because you are so right. I'm looking at all these mock drafts. I am stoked for it. And everyone talk about Wimbanyama, which we can maybe talk about in a little bit. But like, I'm seeing yep. these guys going top five or top ten, and they're averaging five and five. Five rebounds. They're, they're five total points. risks. Um, you know, That's Chicago Bulls fan, hurting Chicago Bulls fan. Patrick Williams has not been the answer. He went number four. I don't know who we passed on. It was all potential, all potential. He's essentially a DeRozan Walmart version, and we still have DeRozan. We still pay him. And I talked about this on this radio network. It's like, what's DeRozan's value when he ages? Nothing. And so then play this young guy, and you're just going to keep him as like a, just a plug-and-play guy. Then what? You're going to pay him? No, you're not going to pay him. Like The way that these teams try to steal talent and, and groom them for the future is just confusing to me. Get who you know you need. And, you know, and also the Bulls, I am a huge big baller brand and seeing Lonzo never being able to play again. Like that's got to hurt your soul. You're just paying this man to, he has this freak knee injury. I don't even know. Like he's got to right. be out the door too. So you're out that point guard and they do have a lot. I'd, of I'd be happier holding on to him, just hoping he comes back in a year <laughs> as opposed to these guys that we have that we just know aren't going to be good and then have pending contracts. And that's the thing too is, oh, how much are they going to get paid? But then you look at the Miami Heat. They did it right. They have their two big-time superstars, which you can't win it when you don't have 
the dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A Kawhi Leonard, a Jokic at this point, you know. But they got Bam and they yeah. got Jimmy, and Jimmy kind of fell off at the end. But they had the dudes that had their games, right? And I'm a Celtics yep. fan, and we lost to Kayla Martin. Like, he's not getting a big-time yep. contract anytime soon, but he's still a good baller. He's still a fantastic NBA player, right? Max Struess is from around here. Max Struess. Max Struess is from here, and Duncan Robinson started a Division three school and had, like, a average career at Michigan. Exactly, like average D3, right? They went and got these dudes who are legit playing for a contract who are just trying to stay in uniform. I bet you they keep half that squad for next year because they went and did big things. Gabe Vincent, Vincent, Struz. Another guy. Caleb Martin. It's crazy. Duncan. Like all four of those are going to stay, and they're probably going to take lower than some big-time athlete that could potentially get hurt. Those four dudes, like any one of them can go off, and we saw the success in that. But now the Suns, I'm going back to our original NBA talk. Are they going to be able to? We'll see, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't believe they did another big three. I think of, of the three players they could have got, I, I don't know why they don't get like Siakam. You know, I think he would have fit their team a little better. Getting Beal, which is basically Booker again, it's like, I don't get it. Oh, well, they must have something else planned. All right, Grant. Uh, is the era of super teams over? This has been a common debate I've been hearing. Well, like- it was until yesterday, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. You just look at it. And it didn't work for Brooklyn, right? Lakers, eh, didn't really work as much uh, when they had Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Um, you look at even in, like the Clippers, I know they kind of only have like a big two, but they've been hurt, this and that. But you look at teams who actually fully developed their players, and you got to understand the Denver Nuggets also had Aaron Gordon. who Aaron Gordon was the number one for Orlando for a long time. I mean, two, three years. Like, he was the dude, and now he gets to sit back behind Jamal Murray and Jokic, who, you know, Jokic they drafted, Michael Porter Jr. they drafted. So oh, he, he looked great. Gordon's got size, and, like, that's another dude that just kind of came on in the right situation. And I think it's you got to find your alpha, and you got to build around your alpha. That seems to be the way. That's how Jordan did it. That's how all these guys did it. And he, then you end up with Hall of Famers, where guys maybe weren't going to be Hall of Famers. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Draymond Green or you know Dennis Rodman were going to be for sure Hall of Famers until they got around the alphas. One hundred percent. You are so right. And Wallace, same thing. <laughs> Draymond Green, where's he going to go? Like. I don't know a GM or a coach that would take him like, all right, Draymond, you're be our number two guy. Like, come alongside of. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, I think the NBA lost a lot of fans over the 2021-2020 season, and then they gained them all back this playoffs because it was really good. And just the upsets and the great games. And there are so many great games. And that I, Sacramento I, series was good. I mean, it's it was it was a hell of a playoffs. You know, I, I really have no complaints about the NBA this year. Yeah, I, I think any NBA fan, because, you know, your common person didn't win it, but now the Nuggets are starting their dynasty. It's a new talk. It's new threads. It's new social media, new people, new superstars. Obviously, that's great, and that's what you want to see. That's going to draw them back in. Like, oh, what's this Jokic guy really all about? You know, oh, this Heat. Like, they really made it what they're all about. So, no, that's awesome. I love our impromptu totally that. talk. I need that. Man. I, I love the NBA. I absolutely do. Um, love watching it. And I'll even watch it throughout the regular season. I've got to that age of my life, I guess, where I've watched regular season games throughout the week. <laughs> well, you're going to have football. a lot of time at home coming up soon. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm going to have – Actually, football, football time is going to be your best time. You're going to be like rocking the baby, watching the football. Like, okay, let's go, guys. All right, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be watching film, digested film, with uh, making me have to sit down. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Grant, this has been awesome. Uh, like I said, you're one of our most exciting guests to come here on the Make It's podcast. We've been highlighting each other's careers and just platforms that we love doing, and that's what we're here to do. But, uh, you know, 
we've always kind of hinted at it, but what are we going to put on a tournament together? The Mickey's Izzy G for three tournament. Where would we do this? How would we do this? This is my last question, a more fun one. Like in a crazy world, or if this actually happens, where and what mm-hmm. would we do off the top of your head? Good question. I think we, we'd go home to the motherland. I'd come back out, <laughs> out west. Um, I wonder if you could do like a two-on-two or you could do – I don't really know if guys get in one-on-one out by you guys. I think a lot of people are really good at three-on-three. I could see that. So a three-on-three tournament. A lot of buddies can get their, you know, their people out there. And it's not getting um, a five either. Like that's, or, that's or you could do a three-point contest. I bet people would do that. I got some I buddies. A three-point yeah. contest would be pretty. You'd get some old barn shooters out there that <laughs> just can ring up threes on a real goofy-looking side rim, and they're making ten out of ten. I think that could work. Man, I think that could work too. That's what you'd have to do. You'd have to do a whole weekend. We'd go to the park and boom, a whole. It's, it's definitely doable. I think. Uh, I think we're maybe a year away from really year like away. Playing. There you go. Because the problem is. By the time I get done with stuff, it's going to be the fall. Yep. And then either the kids are going back to school. Um, you know, you could always do something cool in Iowa City just based on how many people are there. But aside that, you, you're you not really going to go to any of the college towns. I don't think there's enough foot traffic yeah, aside, aside there. We tell our alma mater, Cornell College, with the whole brand new facility, like, hey, we're coming to town. We're going to put on an event for the community of Mount Vernon and surrounding areas, a uh, three-point contest and three-on-three all week. Uh, that's awesome. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. I haven't heard much from our alma mater lately. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I'm surprised they haven't been a little more um, engaging with their new facility. No. Yeah. When you do come back out, I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's top of the line, dude. It's. I mean, and of course we had the old rugged. The lockers were barely opened, and you walk in, and there's. Let's just say it's back. the gym we built. We <laughs> built. We it, without us, this gym would never have been possible. Uh, <laughs> yes, you heard it here. Those Without it, it'd never be possible. We built it, and now others get to uh, thrive. Shout out to Carrie. Shout out to Carrie behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, Carrie call. Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, so maybe in the future, y'all be looking out. But if anything, go check out G for 3. It's some awesome videos. Go check it out. Share it to your friends. If you just want to see a big-time baller and just what it's like to play basketball in Chicago in one-on-one and – leagues it, it's truly awesome and that's stuff that i definitely like watching and i will continue to watch but i'm telling y'all right now go check out jeeper three it's electric it's pretty sweet but uh, any last questions from you before we sign off here on the mickey podcast what's uh what are your thoughts on your your hawkeye basketball team this year I know, i'm rocking like all the hot gear right yeah, now yeah uh, I mean, looking in, you're going to lose in Felipe, losing Connor, uh, Patrick's coming back. I think Peyton Sanford, I I want to get him on. But, like, me and my buddy, like, we had a love-hate relationship with him because he was really, really bad in the beginning. He didn't make a three in the Big Ten games, and then he really took off. And if he can play like that and be that electric spark, that'll be fun to watch. I know they just got some transfer, some big-time center, which is how Iowa basketball is run. They have a big, uh, big dude in the middle and let the other shooters go shoot. Um, and they got some pretty quick uh, freshmen coming in from what I've been hearing. So I think they're still. So here's the, the interesting story about Iowa basketball. And I, I talked about this the other day too, is that, you know, the, the high school scene that you're aware of, you know, I don't know what it is. The high school kids, they just don't really grind like we did for whatever reason. There's just not that same hunger. So the inner city of Chicago um, did not win any state titles in the two largest divisions. 
wow. in the largest division lost to a school in Moline. Moline won the state championship in Illinois high school basketball. And they had a point guard and a big man, and they both committed to Iowa. Oh, snap. <laughs> so I was like amazed that I had been repping this Chicago basketball so hard. <laughs> And they get smoked by two kids from the Quad Cities. One of them was Mr. Basketball. Two white guys, big man and the guard, Stockton Malone style, and they're going to Iowa. I was like, wow, that is like the biggest kick in the face ever. (laughs) You got dusted by the Quad Cities, which is basically Iowa. And they're going to Iowa, and they won in Illinois. It's like the culture shock is crazy, you know. The the game doesn't change. The players do. So it was an impressive story that I thought I'd share with you. No, that's awesome. I think actually one of them, I want to say, no, he's from Iowa. But uh, the crazy part is about that is that's how Iowa runs. Like, they're not here for the flashy guys that are trying to get these huge NIL deals. They're like, hey, you're going to go grit and grind and go beat good it's teams. Crazy. That's exactly what they did. So NIL is insane. That's a whole nother day, a whole nother story. But uh, anything else before we sign off here? I'm doing another one-on-one challenge July 15th in Boom. Jacksonville, Florida. I booked gotcha. my ticket the other day. Let's hope I have a hand by then. I'm playing in a similar kind of environment for five grand, I think. It's five All grand. Right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, go check Single out elimination. Story. So that's my drop. I'm playing July 15th. July 15th. That's all I got. And that's all we got here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Thank you all for listening. And G for three and Mickey are peacing out. Peace. <laughs>